Welcome back. I'm Zinati Kuma and you're watching Stockwatch this week and joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is independent analyst Carl Gevers. Do send your questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, Carl. I won't even go through uh, macroeconomic things uh, that we are seeing and the market's um, response to them. I'm going straight into the questions because we have a lot to cover today. Uh, the, let's start off with transaction capital. Uh, quite a, a tricky one there. seems that it is quite a polarizing stock. Uh, so what's your view on transaction capital at the moment? And I mean, transaction capital, just, just when you think that it's reached the bottom, it continues to go lower. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's caught a lot of people thinking they, they could uh, catch the falling knife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, at, at one stage, sort of 12 rand, everyone thought, okay, maybe that's the bottom. And then uh post results you know it fell further um or as details came came out so i think at, you know it's it's a very niche business and i think what happened there i mean primarily the taxi finance business um structurally things have changed it was always high risk you know in terms of the the sector that it was playing in um but the the taxi industry has taken taken strain and that's basically created a um, the the bad debts that they they're finding and and basically you know decline decreasing the size of that whole business and and uh, uh, recalibrating it so I think that's and it was it was quite highly rated so it was priced to for a lot of growth and all of a sudden you get the the other direction so um, I think that's why the share price really collapsed of course there was it's a highly leveraged uh, industry it's effectively you could call it a bank. Yeah. Um, funding. So, so generally, when when things something goes wrong in, in those kind of businesses, it does because um, you have a lot of um, funding that that's maturing that you have to repay, uh, and do you have the liquidity and all of those things come into play. So, a lot of risk. So, the risk shot up. Um, they did, and, and a lot of questions around how management has handled it. Um, but I mean that, that I think that is priced in where it is now. Um, the other business that that is actually still quite attractive is the we buy cars business, which um, and and also the the debt collection type business. But uh, in terms of the where it is in the cycle, all of those are pretty much correlated. So when interest rates are, are rising, the the consumer is under pressure, their transaction capitals customers under pressure bad debts rise and we saw what happened to taxi finance and uh in in, in the um we buy cars i think long term it's it's a good business i mean they've grown and taken market share and i've sold a couple of vehicles well in fact i was selling mine and it was so seamless that mm. I said my wife must sell hers at the same time because <laughs> there were plans but it was yeah. it was a very seamless process and um you know often the, that market if one had to uh, go into it. historically there was a lot of friction and and uncertainty you know when you when you do we're dealing with the uh, um, secondhand cars so i think they're there long term there's still a lot of opportunity but short term i think the risk is um, is still high but i think at these levels i wouldn't put all my money into transaction capital but might you know if you want to put something that uh, you, you want to put at risk and, and potentially get a decent return um 
a high risk component of your portfolio, it, it might be a, a nice opportunity. Yeah, and it really seems that because of all these risks that are still out there, uh, it's quite difficult for investors right now to kind of assess uh, where fair yeah. value for the stock is. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one to watch as they try to turn that situation around, particularly when it comes to the uh, taxi finance business. Uh, there's a question here on uh, your view on uh, Pan-African resources. Of course, a gold counter there. And really seeming that um, it's been kind of a one that isn't loved much in that gold yeah. uh, 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 sector. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think one... One problem is that it, it's probably also in terms of um, its size. I mean, it's it's smaller than than some of the other gold uh, offerings. Yeah. Um, and it it is also you might have a bit more um, single mine risk. I mean, um, and I you know, don't know it that well. I mean, I've yeah, I've known it over the years, but they've got the mine in Barberton and and Stan actually. I mean, obviously the gold price has helped it. Um, it's actually trading at a a pretty low PE, so you're getting a, a dividend of, of over 5%. It's generating decent returns, ROE of, of 20%, um, and then the PE, Ford PE, looking at five times. So, so it's it's it is looking cheap, um, but ultimately you have to look at the the gold price. I mean, where where that is. Um, but I think if you're bullish on the gold price, and maybe not that bullish on the rand. Um, it might be a nice, a nice one to to access the gold sector in and a leverage play there. Um, so it, I mean, I think it's it's been around for a long time. Um, can be volatile, but uh, for especially as a smaller company, I think it's done reasonably well in in recent times. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I, I don't have too much uh, immediate information yeah. on it, but yeah. uh, but I think. I think it's suffered because of its size, I think, uh, uh, relative to its peers. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, let's take a look at more questions. Uh, there's a question here on your view on Remgrow uh, and capital appreciation. I don't know how closely you look at capital appreciation, uh, but uh, let's start off with uh, Remgrow, uh, investment holding company that now has exposure that holds uh, unlisted companies. Uh, what do you make of Remgrow? Yeah. yeah, I think Remgrow, I think in the past was a holding company with a lot of listed components. I think that was, um, you, you could get a portfolio of, of companies at a discount, uh, technically, because it did trade at a, at quite a significant holding company discount. So Mediclinic was quite big eventually in, in, uh, in Remgrow. It still is. Obviously now it's unlisted. Yeah. Um, and then you had, you had the banks, you had, uh, um, so on the, the RM, RMH group, RMB and those, uh, those elements. Um, and then I think that if you have a listed company with a, a portfolio, generally you actually want that to be unlisted opportunities that you can access through it. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's what it's, it's shifted towards. So I think, uh, either uh, in this case, I mean, they, with uh, MSC, they bought, they bought out, um, uh, Mediclinic, but if one, looks at some of the other opportunities, especially if it's trading at a, at a discount, it might be worth unbundling those. Um, it's always been, the, the problem with Remgrow with those is that there's an element of control that, uh, that those entities also enjoy, you know, the, the, the Rupert influence. Um, so it's not always as simple as, as extracting value. Mm. Um, but I think as a, 
as a portfolio of, of companies, obviously you have to look at the breakdown of, of the holdings with MediClinic being quite significant. Um, but getting access to some South African industrial companies, which is a small component, but, uh, you know, it, it is, um, it is quite a nice diversified portfolio. Um, obviously you have to consider, um, MediClinic in, in that mix, but a long term, probably not a bad holding a lot of SA Inc. industrials. And then you've got the MediClinic and, and, uh, um, that, that probably gives you a bit more international flavor, but, um, one that, that's been quite a, a solid portfolio holding for many portfolios in the past. Yeah. Uh, is capital appreciation one that you look at or not, or not? Uh, I can't really comment much on it. I haven't looked yeah. at it recent, recently. Uh, sorry yeah. about that. No, no, no worries. No worries. Um, let's move on to asset managers. Um, so uh, the uh, viewer has um, in their portfolio uh, asset managers, including Coronation and 91, saying that uh, that has uh, performed so poorly, uh, say 8% average. <laughs> Why is the sector so flat? What strategies do us consumers take? Uh, we are so limited in uh, what we can actually buy. Yeah, look, ultimately, these, I mean, they're, they're great businesses when they in terms of cash generation, so so they don't they're not very capital intensive. So essentially, all their earnings they can pay out as as dividend. The problem with them is when they stop growing or they lose assets. Um, and that I mean, ninety one did uh, did mention that they had quite a few outflows. Um, Coronation has uh, has stemmed it slightly, but generally they you know they've also been sort of at at a similar assets under management level, and then you get a bit of fee pressure as well. So they've had a few headwinds from that point of view. Um, the the growth area for both of them would be more towards the international component. So 91 is probably better positioned there. Um, Coronation had had a bit of a uh, hiccup on the emerging markets fund, um, a lot of Russian exposure, but but overall that 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 franchise is is where they they can grow. Um, and, and, uh, the potential with them is when markets improve, you know, so if, when the stock market goes up, they, they have a higher asset base and they generate a higher fee. The nice thing is they, they're pretty safe in terms of cash, cash generation, dividend, um, coronation obviously had the additional hiccup, uh, when yeah. you call it a hiccup, a, a mess of the, the SARS, um, uh, that wiped out the, the dividend for the, yes. for the, for the half, but that will come back. Um, so I think they, they're both attractive uh, um, opportunities from my point of view. And I think I picked Coronation when it was at about 30 Rand. Um, so I think it, it's, not a, it's not a bad long-term holding, uh, especially the fact that you get that dividend while, while you wait for, for markets to, to rally. Yeah, very interesting point that you make there that uh, it's, it, it is a dividend player. That's why investors uh, invested it, but obviously, which then explains the pressure that the stock experienced, uh, Coronation, uh, when they announced that hiccup and that uh, earnings hit from the, yeah. the tax hiccup that they have with SARS. Uh, let's move on to property uh, storage. Uh, is storage a best investment case uh, specifically for capital growth or is it a dividend stock? Of course, we know that storage uh, was a darling during the, the intense COVID years. Is it still a darling? Yeah, I think, I think if one looks at the property sector, um, storage is quite differentiated. So in terms of the you know, you have 
generally you have industrial office um, and and retail uh, and and then you get storage which actually is not really correlated to to any of those um, so it's basically quite quite niche and quite uh, dependable I would say mm. um, so if one looks at it currently it's it's certainly I think attractive it's it's paying a dividend of a dividend yield of about 10 percent it's got uh, a big portion of their business is now in in the UK um, so with with the uh, you know, currency diversification. I think it's not bad to get a 10% yield there. And then, of course, they, they you mentioned growth. So they're still continuing to grow. So the, the last, uh, I think, 2023, they, they grew the dividend by 5.6%. Um, if one looks at their um, the rental growth, so same same store rental growth was, I think, an SA was 9.8%, in the UK, 89 So that's, that's quite decent uh, yield growth that you're getting there. Um, and then I think they'll continue the, the con- continue investing in opportunities. And I think management is quite astute there to to ensure that they they continue creating value. Um, so if, I think from a growth point of view, it's attractive. From a current valuation point of view, it's it's attractive with the the dividend yield. It's not highly geared um, compared to the rest of the sector. And it's a nice diversification play. So I think it's it's a good opportunity. Ah, all right. Um, well, uh, one thing that investors have seen or are seeing a lot of opportunity in is copper. Uh, copper is all the buzz, but surprisingly not copper 360. So um, there's a question here. Can you ask uh, your, uh, the analysts their take on the newly li- JSE listed copper 360? Because a lot of the time uh, when, I mean, this is a single commodity player, a lot of the time yeah. when uh, you you know, I ask investors where they would go for copper exposure. It's normally the diversified miners like Anglo-American, but not copper 360. What's the deal here? Yeah, I think that the the positive for Anglo-American is, you know, what, what it's doing. It's a big mine. It's operating. It's generating um, where with copper 360 or 360, yeah. it's still a bit of an unknown entity and, and it is quite small. Again, so from a liquidity point of view, the, the big, you know, the big asset managers probably might not consider it. Mm-hmm. But for retail investors, it, it might be an opportunity to get exposure to something slightly higher risk and, and maybe better return. Um, generally, IPOs, are, you know, I'm cautious of, of IPOs. And if you look at Copper 360, when they listed just about four rand, I think it is, or that mm-hmm. was their uh, book build. Um, then the share rallied to 12 rand, and then it's come all the way back down, back to I think 4.20 at the moment. So at least it's settled back to to a reasonable number. Um, but there, there's while they are operating and they they have an operating model, they have um, mines. They I think the exploration component, and there's still a lot of development that has to happen for for it to actually generate to to operate profitably so i think that's what the market is probably just uh, waiting for um i think it's got a good operator in in uh, jan nelson um who i think came out of pan african if i'm not mistaken mm. um so i think in, in from that point of view um i'll probably watch it for a bit more um and and try and understand exactly um, how how the mines will operate. It's got a, a sort of a niche uh, operating model. Mm. Um, but certainly copper as a commodity, I think, is very attractive long term. Mm. And uh, and there, you know, being a player in that space certainly is is a plus. Um, but again, 
like there are bigger, better de-risk mines uh, globally, I think, that one can access. Ah, all right. Uh, well, uh, sticking to the commodity space, uh, before we go to your stock pick, there's a question here on Shell. Shell has announced a share buyback of $4 billion to deliver an attractive shareholder return, and looking at their debt ratio is around 50%, indicating that they're not overburdened with debt. This company has been generating enormous revenues throughout the years, especially in the oil and gas sector, beating its competitors by an absolute mile, and now they've strengthened their portfolio with the completion of the acquisition of Nature Energy, a renewable natural gas producer in Denmark. Regardless of Russia driving sharp bargains on the energy sector, Shell has continued to provide robust performance. I think Shell is a great company and a great stock regarding its performance, their strategic ways, their ratios uh, tell a good story. They increase shareholder value and they are undervalued. Is this stock too good to be true? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it certainly looks attractive. Um, I think where the market is not giving it, you know, why it's probably looking more attractive than it it, it should, or why it's trading as cheap as it is, is is the whole move towards renewable uh. and and away from away from carbon, uh, you know, carbon producers. So I think I think there's an opportunity in that, you know, with a bit of a contrarian hat on um, the shell, you know, it's trading at a five times PE. Um, it has recovered from the the lows of of COVID when the oil price went went very far down, mm. um, and the oil price obviously recovered significantly since then. Um, but currently, it's I think there's probably upside in the in the oil price, um, given the lack of um, investment in that sector. So I think there might be a bit of a supply squeeze at at some stage. Mm. But I think uh, Shell um, certainly is a good opportunity. They they even the the new CEO is talking of. Um, maybe extracting value out of their like selling a stake in their renewable because they've got quite a significant renewable um, business um, because they can probably get an attractor. So basically attractive value for it, trying to to extract value and, and uh, you yeah. know release value for shareholders. So I think I think there, there, there might be some good catalyst for for shell. And I think the where the oil price is now, I mean, it's printing cash, and that's why they, they've got share buybacks. The dividend yield's not huge, but I think mm. if you include the share buybacks, they, they are paying a lot back to shareholders. So I think it's a it's a it's one of yeah. the good holdings within that sector. All right. Let's quickly get to your stock pick for today, Carl. Yeah, so I'm picking Royal Caribbean, which is one of the cruise liner operators. Um, and... You know, there and it has recovered slightly um, from not necessarily operationally that that much, but in terms of uh, share price, it's for uh, historic PE is 57 times and the forward PE 22 times. So you can see the the recovery and earnings there as people go back and and as these cruises. You know, I think it, there was a bit of a delay in terms of the um, take up of of going. You know. Holiday is fine, but cruise liners, everyone was maybe gave it a bit more time before they um, got got stuck into those. But I think there's a lot of pent up demand, mm. and uh, Royal Caribbean as an operator is 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 great. I think um, they're one of the better operators. So I think post COVID, that recovery is going to come through, and the earnings are going to start coming through. And even and when they do, it's still currently at a at a pretty low rating. So I think there's a big opportunity across the board in, in that sector, but especially Royal Caribbean. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today, Carl. Really, really appreciate it. That was independent analyst Carl Gervais.